Hey, what's up, guys? This is Clint McGill, and uh, excited to be here with you on the podcast today. And uh, today's guest is none other than Coach Jason Ferber, or Coach Ferber, if you've got uh, following him on Instagram, which seems like about half the world is. He's got one of the most popular uh, social media followings going, and uh, well-deserved. Just a really fun guy, and uh, working on some really good stuff uh, up in the Northeast. Um, Jason, he's you know got his own academy, and he's got uh, you know dozens, if not hundreds, at this point of uh, players that he's moved on from the high school to the college or pro level. And I thought this time of year would be a really good time to share with you sort of a you know a bigger picture. Uh, view of things like what we're trying to do as far as you know not just technique but you know what our kids goals are going to be with going on to the high school level going on to college and how do you do that how do you do it well anyway and what's important what's not and uh, Jason just shares some tremendous insight and not just opinions but just his experience right he's been doing this for decades now and uh, he gives his again not opinion on year-round sports versus multi-sport athletes, but uh, his experience with that. And is it important? Is it not? Um, that's such an interesting topic to me. I feel like so many times people just have their opinion and they just thoroughly enjoy defending their opinion, right? And, you know, is it right? Is it wrong? It seems like there's not a lot of wiggle room in people's minds, but I want to talk to somebody who's experienced it and say, hey, is this important? Is it not? What do you see here? And Jason does a great job of sharing that, so I think you're going to enjoy that. And Jason shares one of the biggest mistakes that parents make today, uh, one of the biggest money grabs to avoid or to tread carefully into. And he also shares one of the biggest opportunities for players today to get college scholarships that uh, is going mostly unaddressed. And there's just a lot of opportunity out there uh, to go against the masses. And uh, you'll understand what I mean by that uh, once you kind of get later into the podcast here. But uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy the podcast with Coach Jason. And I reach out if you ever have any questions on anything. And uh, without further ado, here is Coach Jason Ferber. I wanted to bring Jason on here today to talk to everybody because uh, I want Jason to sort of serve as a, uh, a guidance counselor for us parents because um, this is a guy who's, who's working with a lot of high level, um, you know, youth baseball players. And when I say youth, you know, teenage, up, you know, getting a lot of scholarships and things and uh, dealing with a lot of kids who um, we aspire for our kids to get to, you know what I mean, who are fielding division one scholarships. And um, a lot of times it feels like it's the blind leading the blind a little bit out there where. Um, you know, a lot of people are playing fall baseball and they don't want to, but they don't want to fall behind. And uh, people are going to showcases and they don't necessarily know that they should be, but um, they're just, they just don't want to get left out. So um, we're trying to get somebody to fill us all in on what's important, what's not, and not just opinion, but what guys who are having success are, are doing. So um, that's what we're, we're having you here for, Jason. So, um, so with that, I guess let's go ahead and get into it. I mean, one of the big questions or things that people have opinions on is uh, year-round baseball and uh, everybody's got an opinion and they can kind of shape their argument to, to back oh they should be playing multiple sports or they shouldn't be uh, but when you have guys that are you know 16 17 18 and they're getting you know scholarship offers from division one I, I mean what was their um, what was their path were these guys playing just one sport from eight years old on or were they multi multi-sport or what was your experience with that well you know, um, I, I, like you said, I, I like to leave opinions 
um, everybody has an opinion, and as as do I. And uh, so I, I'm just gonna keep it to just my own experience and my own players' experience, so that um, we can leave the opinions out of it. I, I have on my team, I have um, 14 position players and uh, about six pitcher onlys. Let's just say. Okay. Um, Little over half of my guys are multi-sport athletes, hitting, uh, play football, basketball. Um, usually they're f- football or basketball guys. Don't have a lot of guys that play hockey, um, but you have some multi-sport athletes. The, 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 um, I think when you start getting into is it right or is it wrong, um, there's a scientific approach that people take about it, meaning um, – you know, as far as injury prevention, right. um, that's one approach that people take. The science behind it that I've seen has said that um, specialized uh, sports, meaning year-round one sport, athletes are prone to more injuries. That's the science that from, from multiple sources that I trust, uh, and I'm talking about guys that are experts in that field. I'm not an right. expert in sports science. I grab a lot of my information from people that I trust, that, that I know that are, are, are experts in that field. Um, however, uh, it, it's so specific to the, to the individual. And when I say that is because, first of all, I think that across the board, I don't feel that um, playing any sport year round is really beneficial at a young age. When we get to older ages, you know, because different sports, if you're a good athlete, you can find a way to add value and compete. Figuring out how to find a way to add value in a certain sport, even if it's something that you don't excel at, um, is extremely valuable because uh, when you talk about guys, figuring out how your own skill set, if you are a super fast kid and and speed is your tool that you excel at, but you don't necessarily – um, excelling strength or, or, or maybe, um, you know, any, any one of these, any one of the tools that you use for, for athletic ability, um, you know, figuring out how to add value based on your own skill sets is immensely important. Um, also I feel like, um, the spe- with specialized sports and specialized activities comes, um, a lot of individualized instruction, specialized instruction in, in those sports. Uh, and, and, and what ends up happening is, um, you know, you can work on skill, work on a skill specific, like swinging a bat is a skill. You can work on that. But what happens is that people, kids learn how to compete in, in the neighborhood, in the street, I feel like. They, they learn how to compete in a backyard game of wiffle ball or basketball or football. They don't necessarily learn how to compete inside a facility, inside a right. Um, but I would say that in certain situations, once kids become 14, 15, 16, and they have demonstrated the physical numbers, the tools, let's just say, um, based on throwing their arm velocity, based on their vertical jump, based on um, their exit velocity on a bat, the, 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 the physical markers that determine whether we project to the next level of baseball, whether it's a D3, D2, D1 level, or a pro drafted out of high school, um, there's a specific set of, of, of numbers, let's just say, that we start at. Right. Um, and, and what happens is, even though a lot of, college, a lot of colleges will say, um, we like multi-sport athletes, right? Mm-hmm. 
what happens is um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because they like multiple athletes, but then they also like to see durable, physical-looking kids as well. So if you're a, a wiry shortstop and, and you're, you're really good, you, you have good skills um, and you have above-average skills, um, there comes a time you have to make a decision where if the feedback that you're getting from the college coaches, we need to see you look a little more physical. Like you can deal with a 60-game season and the type of training we're going to put you through in college. That's what we want to see. And you weigh 150 pounds as a sophomore in high school um, and you're a really good basketball player. Then you come down to a decision where you say, well, um, I'm six feet. Um, I'm, I'm not going to play basketball at the next level. I love basketball. But is running up and down a, a basketball court, burning calories, going to ultimately – I'm closer to the baseball scholarship, right. basketball scholarship. So that's where you say – when I say it's individualized is, is, is kind of once you start getting specific like that, you have to kind of – streamline your, 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 your training to a point to, to give them what they want to see is basically how I see it. Right. No, that's interesting. So would you say that, um, you know, probably the 14, 15 year old range is sort of, sort of a time where it's like, okay, Hey, this kid's got a real strong proficiency in baseball. Um, maybe we should start looking at doing year round as opposed to, you know, you got a lot of parents now who are, you know, we're, we're in the eight year old realm and, uh, and people are like, my son loves baseball and uh, we're going to just go ahead and hammer at this. <laughs> and that's, it feels early. You know, I, 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 uh, I want to say it's early, but maybe, you know, maybe it's not, you know, but from what your experience is, do you think kind of 14, 15 is sort of that range where, where we start looking at, you know, letting go of the other sports? Well, um, I have, I have guys that are committed to Louisville and Wake Forest that continue to play football. They're outstanding. I got a quarterback. I got quarterbacks on my team that play football and, and, and they, they multi-sport in, um, and so still today, still today still, they're doing it. Oh yeah. They're division one commits from in as sophomores and they had the, let's just say a lot of times genetics plays a huge part in this. And right. anybody, any trainer can tell you that their program is the absolute best, but the, best development or the most you know i would say the 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 thing that's you can't beat that no trainer can beat or or top is um puberty you know right. what i mean that's the number one separator and some guys go through that earlier and some guys go through that later so it's tough to define an age clint just because i've seen kids that were 13 or 14 that were more developed than a 16 year old you know what i mean right so, yeah no doubt i think i think that it's a it's it's really individualized but once you have the the physical numbers that mm -hmm. you know, if you project it makes things a lot easier because you can see if if speed is something that is that that's something you need to work on maybe running track and learning good proper running technique can actually help you in, oh, in, right yeah you know what i mean it's 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 uh, i think Finding out, customizing something for, your, for, for each individual is probably the most important thing. But eight, nine, ten years old, I think guys should be playing as many sports as they possibly can. That's, that's, uh, that, that I think helps um, shape an athlete and, and shape a mindset of even if, I'm, even if I'm not as big as these guys on a bat, tall as basketball court, I'm going to find a way to do something, foul somebody, be a good passer. <laughs> somebody out so so um you know i i would say i would say probably 
from mostly, and I, I speak in generalities because I don't like to, uh, there's always an exception to every rule I've seen. 16, 15, 16, when somebody you start like that out there. getting so, the feedback um, I would from say, the college coaches um, that are saying we need to see improvements or jumps or progress in this particular thing, that's when you can start seeing, okay, do I need to put on weight? Maybe I need to lose weight, right? Maybe, maybe the guy needs to lose weight. Basketball is a good idea. Right. Um, so I think right. it, knowing, knowing what kind of player you are and what, where you need to actually improve. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good take on that because um, you know you hear the the I've heard heard it where if like if you want let's say you take a ten year old and it's like if you want to have the world's best twelve year old then you should probably be having them play year round baseball and then you know but if you want major leaguers major leaguers play multi sports and it's like okay well is you know like you said it's so individualized like would would it shock anybody that Aaron Judge was a good basketball player in high school like <laughs> like this guy's six six and agile like you know, was it the chicken or the egg? Was he a major leaguer because he played multi-sports or did he play multi-sports because he's just amazing at, at sports, you know what I mean, in general? So, um, but yeah, but no, that's really good because, you know, parents, we just don't really know. Like I said, we've got people who, I know people who are, um, you know, playing fall baseball and they really don't even care to, but they're just like, I don't want to lose our spot. And, you know, you know, there's kids that are really excelling that are, you know, but like you said, like they're built like a couple kids or a, a couple of grades older and um, so we're trying to keep up with them and it's just uh it's just murky a little bit so well, a lot of it what you're talking about it it brings me back to a lot of fear-based marketing too when you're saying i'm afraid to lose my spot um that that's a reality that a lot of people deal with and and, it, and it's a sad reality because um you know i don't really feel that anyone should play anything out of fear of losing anything you you right. should play something because you enjoy it um generally um, the best baseball players are, are just really good athletes that happen to choose baseball as a sport. You know, I mean, if, if, if you run a six, five you could probably run track in college. You probably could play soccer. You probably, uh, maybe could play football. I mean, if you have speed, it, it, you have speed, you know, and, and, and when people start talking about, well, this is sports specific training. I don't really get that because functional strength is functional strength. No matter right. what, you know, what you're doing a deadlift over here for this sport, you're doing a deadlift over here for this sport. I mean, you know, you're trying to fill up your, 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 your cup of strength. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. The, um, a lot of the people that I've talked to through this, um, just this summit and everything, people talk about just being a well-rounded athlete in general, because you can get very uh, mechanical and that's just a recipe for, uh, for failure. You know what I mean? So um, for in various ways, you just got to make them a, a better athlete and then find out the way they learn. And that's, that's harder on a coach, you know, and a parent, it's nice just to have your system and put it in, put it into place. And every kid just do this. And I don't have to focus on each 12, 15, how many 25 kids you may have on the team. Um, so it's, it's more challenging, but it's, what's going to get success. So, um, switching gears just a little bit. So what, um, what, what's something, what's a common mistake that you see parents making out there who their son's showing some ability out there on the field and they've got an eye on college baseball or professional baseball. I mean, what do you see parents doing that uh, just makes you cringe? Wish you could just, just talk to them a little bit. Um, some of the things that parents, um, well, there's a few things. One is um, spending, spending a lot of money on, 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 uh, on, on showcases just because there's a college coach there. They say, well, there's going to be a college coach here at this, so we need to go there. Right. Not doing – I mean, the number one, probably biggest money grab is 
I mean, you or I could call 15 college coaches and actually pay them money. We could. We could pay mm -hmm. them. Hey, could you fly out here and just watch these kids play? Like, I'm going to have 50 kids out here. Can you just watch them and I'll pay you money to do that? Right. Okay. We can do that. Uh -huh. if you or I could make it. We'll call it Clinton, Clinton Coach Ferber's show. Clint McGill and Coach Ferber's college showcase. Right. And, okay. And then what we do is we call the recruiting coordinators from 15 different colleges and we say, hey, guys, we'll pay you this X amount of dollars. Uh, we'll buy you lunch every day. Uh, give you a nice little program and have a seat over here and just watch some guys. Now, um, then you get 100 kids to show up. If not even one of them shows projectable skills, uh, no sweat off the college coaches back. I mean, we didn't tell anybody that they were, we were going to get them a scholarship. We just told them that they could play in front of a college coach. What that did for, for, the, for the athlete, I have no idea. I don't know what that actually did for him. Um, right. People will try to uh, frame it in a certain way to say, well, it's just a good experience to see what you're up against against other athletes. I guess you don't, but I, I could see what I'm up against uh, other athletes by a lot of different ways other than paying $600 to go to a showcase. Right, right. If, if we know that the physical skills that actually set us apart and put us to project us to the next level, and let's just say for an outfielder, um, running a 6.8.60 is one of the, maybe a, a skill that, that I would have. And I'm running a 7.8, and I'm an outfielder mm -hmm. in that age range. Um, why do I need to pay $700 for a guy to tie me on a, on a watch and say, hey, you ran a 7.8? I, I you showcased that you're slow. Yeah, we proved it. Okay, thanks for yeah, coming, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so what happens is, it, and there's also, you know, there's just not enough research. Again, it's fear-based stuff. If you don't go to these showcases, your kid's not going to get a college scholarship. Your kid's not going to go pro. I got news for you. Major League Baseball players, they don't get missed. They don't, they don't get missed. Whether if a kid lives in Indiana, in the backcountry somewhere, and he's throwing 98 from the left side, somebody's going to find out about him, either if he goes or should somebody's high school coach. Word's going to get out, and the area scout in that area that's mandated to take a look at a guy that runs a 6-4-60, have to, or they're going to lose their job. There's not major league baseball players that should be in the major leagues that are just walking around because they haven't been exposed. You, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, so, so I think one of the keys, especially at the college level, is first of all, understanding, you know, what colleges do I, what college level do I actually project to? Am I going to go to a camp at Vanderbilt or TCU if my skill set right now doesn't put me in that, let's just say, level of athlete? You know, I mean, you're talking about schools that have a, nas a nationwide recruiting base. They right. can, yeah, they, these, these schools have people calling them from the literally the ends of the country. I think Vanderbilt had, 20, represented 24 different states in a country or something like that. Something oh, wow. like that. Yeah, so when you have guys calling you that, hey, I throw 95, can I come take a look at your campus? Yeah, sure, come on down, right? And you're, right. And you're competing against that. You, you, you need to start finding ways to, um, you know, really streamline your process. You need to find ways to see, well, where do I fit in? Where am I going to play? Where am I going to have a good college experience? Where am I going to develop the coaching staff? How about who has my major? I've had kids give me a list of schools that they, wanna, that they want to go, because that's where we start. Well, I'm just going to give you my experience is that where I start with guys when they first come into the program is 
I need a list of 10 schools, right? This could be, and it is usually just a wish list, right? So it's just a wish list. It could be right. maybe a school that they, they watched the football game when they were a kid, you know, and right. then dad likes it, whatever it is. Yeah. Then, then, then when we get in, but usually what you get is Stanford, Duke, TCU, uh, Vanderbilt, Florida, you know, that's what you get. Yeah. And, 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 then what, and then what happens is we say, okay, what's your grade point average? And the guy goes, well, I got a three, four. Okay, so Stanford's out, Duke's out. You know, and you just start eliminating, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start eliminating these things. And, 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 you, and you get to a point where you can really – and then you get to, okay, let's look in the, on the college roster and see your class. You're a, 20, you're a 2020 graduate, say your sophomore in high school. Um, let's look and see who these guys have committed as 2020s very simple you can get the information right. uh, you know they've got two 2020 catchers committed i'm a 2020 catcher maybe i should maybe maybe that's not a good idea to spend a thousand dollars to go to a camp there when they already have guys committed in, in my class maybe there's another person that has more of a need for that so these are some of the things that i, I would say would start the process of the process of doing it but it comes to parents there's a lot of a lot of mistakes a lot of time and money and and some people might just go, you know, we've got a tremendous amount of money. We don't care. We just want our kid to go around and experience it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that experience it. But if you're serious about it um, and, and it's really about finding a good fit, um, takes, takes, you're going to need some, some, uh, some help from multiple different sources, maybe a high school coach, maybe, you know, these guys are going to do their background work, make sure that um, the character is there, the work ethic is there, not just the athletic ability. You know, they right. don't, don't want to be dealing with kids that are high risk. Well, the kid, he runs a six, seven and he hits balls 400 feet, but he got busted for underage drinking twice and he got kicked out of school once. And he, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. No. So that, that's real interesting when it comes to the showcases and things. Um, you know, it's, it's easy when you're throwing 95 and it's just like you said, you, you can just stay home and, and they'll, they'll all find you and, and be, you know, fighting right. over you. Um, but have you, have you seen it where somebody has gone and, um, like, so for parents at home, like say like a, an under seven, 60 time is really good. Six point something. Um, let's say you take a kid that all has just very regular skill sets. Maybe he's like a seven two, you know, like he, if he's throwing velocity, it's 85 or, uh, let's take a position player even better. And just the skill sets that don't, don't wow you. Um, but have you seen it to where just an average player has gone to one of these showcases? just had the day of his life and then suddenly been on the radar or does it, does it not really work that way? Yes. Absolutely. Cause I think that's the, cause I think that's the, the hope of, of parents is like, Hey, he's average, but like, we're just going to take him out there. And if he goes off, then, then, Hey, maybe that's, maybe that was the day. You know what I mean? Does that happen? Absolutely. It happens. It, it happens. It happens. Um, uh, I can list you a couple of different names of guys that have come through and had um, their size where they were undersized. Right. They were, they were maybe not had the athletic abilities, but the difference was they were gamers. They were in the mix. Every, mm -hmm. single, every single big play that was going on in the game, they were a part of it. They were in the midst of stealing a base or, or taking, taking a base when somebody wasn't looking, taking advantage, exposing flaws in a defense. Um, the, you, know, you could see how engaged they were in the game. They were just gamers. That, that, that makes a huge impact, and I could tell you, that I've also seen other guys that were super showcase toolsy guys, the other end of what you're talking about, the guys right. that 
97 from the outfield, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to play. Why? Because they've been in specialized training, learning how to throw a ball 97 miles an hour, but they haven't competed in their neighborhood games enough to know when to hit a cutoff man, chest high, glove side. So what happens is, here, I want to see this guy throw 97, but he's airmailing balls into the stands rather than, and losing a game rather than because he doesn't know how to play. Um, right. There's definitely, definitely um, room for guys that, that know how to compete, you know, know how to, they're winners. You know what I mean? They're, they're just winners. You know, I have a guy on my team like that. He's sits 84 to 85, um, pretty good curveball, like decent stuff, but amazing how much he gets done with understanding how to pitch not just trying to blow it by everybody. Um, a lot of guys that have the higher velos, you'd be surprised, the guys with the really high velos, because they have the high velo from such a young age, they don't, and, and a lot of high school pitchers may, or high school coaches, let's just say, and I'm, there are some really good high school coaches, but a lot of times at that level, it's about, you know, don't walk these guys, just blow right. it by, these guys just blow, don't walk anybody. So when do they get to develop the secondary pitch? The one that you really need to get to the kind of D1 level that to be able to pitch there because your, your 89 to 90 is going to get crushed, you know, right. at that level if you don't command some off-speed stuff. So, um, you know, it, it, learning, learning how to play or playing with your hair on fire is like to say, you know, right. and it, uh, standing out is so huge. If you see, if, if you understand how to stand out on a baseball field, and a lot of kids don't know how to stand out, a lot of kids try not to stand out. They are afraid to warm up differently than anybody else. They have to look around and see, well, what's that guy doing? Oh, he's doing jumping jacks? Let me do those. Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy's pushing out his hamstrings? Let me do that. No, I mean, whatever I need to do to get ready myself mentally, I got guys that might need to walk around the field twice with their headphones in, and that's okay. Right. You know, and they get locked in like that. I, mean, I have other guys that like to do wind sprints. I have other guys that don't do any static stretches at all. You know, they do all dynamic active warmups and things. And, and it's, 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 it's a matter of understanding what your skill set is, knowing how do I stand out in front of these college coaches? If, my, if, 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 if I'm a middle infielder, I need to be able to showcase my arm off. I can't just wait for a, a, a play to come my way. Because what if a guy doesn't hit a ball? I just paid right. $7 for the showcase and a guy, I didn't get a ball hit to me all game. Now what? Right. Now you got three throws in between every inning for seven innings to be able to showcase your arm. But these guys would rather float a ball over there or talk with their friend, right, than actually throw a seed across the diamond or show some glove side or, or spin it, spin into the hole or do some in-between innings. You know, um, there's, standing out is probably one of the biggest things that be able to catch an eye of a college coach. I mean, I have on my team, if my right fielder, when the, when the innings change and we sh we, we're out third out of our inning and we're going to the field, if my right fielder isn't at, in right field in 13 seconds on a stopwatch, 13 seconds from the time inning over, third out, change him, he's off the field. You're out. Somebody else is in. Somebody else, that wants, yeah, somebody else that wants to hustle to that position and get out there and, and, and want to be in the game. There's no jogging to the field for me. You know? Right. And, and so you, create, you want to create a culture and an environment where um, everything is about showcasing my ability and standing out, but in, in a team, working well in a team setting, you know? Right. 
Well, so let me ask you when, you know, these guys come to you, they're, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, just really, you know, the, the older age of youth baseball, um, you know, what's something that you, uh, how do I phrase this? What's, what's something that you wish that uh, these guys had a better understanding of when they get to you? You know what I mean? Like what's, what's a mistake these guys are making or something they're not developing uh, by the time they get to you? Defense. Okay, defense. <laughs> How to have a catch. Um, okay. Simple stuff. I get guys 16, 17 that, that and, and, and I have talked to college coaches that really, really programs that you wouldn't even believe how good, how top the program is that they say, you know, we got guys in here that literally we have to teach them how to have a catch. Like they, what, what do you mean by that exactly? Like, like have a throwing partner. Uh -huh. like, like me and you go out to the field and have a catch. They don't do it enough. So, so like they literally can't throw a chest high glove side throw to their throwing partner four times in a row. Can't do it. It's on one's over here, one's over here, one's in the dirt. Because it's they, all just because it's just mindless warming up is what they've always done, or hitting. They're either mindless warming up, or all they do on, off the field is I'm going to hit for it. I'm going to hit for an hour every week. I'm going to take front kicks oh. and hit off a tee. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to actually, you know, um, develop any. There's, there's. If you, if you just go into any training facility, I, I guarantee you, if if me and you came up with a with a facility called Shortstop Tech 101. Right, mm -hmm. shortstop. This is a place where we just develop shortstops. That's all we do. We don't hit in this facility. We would go broke. <laughs> yeah, go no, broke. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 especially if you walk into a facility, just stand at a facility of any train, even if they offer defensive skill work, and you take twenty random kids that come off the street with their parents and come into the facility and say, "Hi, I'm here for lessons," and they go, "Okay, what would you like to work on?" Hitting, 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 hitting. I want to learn how to hit. I want to learn how to hit. That's what they want to work on. Right. And there's nothing wrong with learning how to hit, but um, it becomes a problem when you're already a good hitter. And college coaches saying, okay, I like his bat. What else can he do? Because I saw him get picked off of second base twice with two outs last game. Right. So he, he hits. That's good. Now, now what does he do after he hits? You know? I would imagine, I would imagine that's a pretty big um... – like tiebreaker. I mean, a lot of times you get a you know college coach. It's competitive for these um, for for you know scholarships or roster spots, and you get a couple of kids. It's like oh, they both hit pretty well, and then you know that's kind of the base. You got to be able to do a hit. You got to be able to hit unless you're just the saltiest shortstop ever. Right. Um, but but at that point, you know you're dealing with a lot of good players. Being able to be more well rounded seems like that might be an extra opportunity that you might be able to get. Is that correct? Absolutely. Playing multiple positions is so valuable. I mean, you don't see a tremendous amount of two-way athletes, but remember, if you can do multiple things on a baseball field, um, you're saving money for that college. You're saving right. money. You know, they, they get 11.7 scholarships for any one of those Division One programs. If you can throw a little bit during the week, or if you're a catcher that can play a little corner infield or whatever, and, and or, or, or play some corner, if you have the ability to give somebody else a rest on days when they normally couldn't, um, a midweek mid game or something, you know, that's highly valuable. You know, if, if you get pigeonholed into when you're nine years old, all this kid does is play second base. That's it. That's all he does. Can't mm -hmm. do anywhere else. Okay, well, then if, 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 if some other kid comes along that's a little better you than there, then you have an issue. You know, you right. have a problem. So um, I like – I will routinely have uh, 
I have my guys switch around the in my middle infielders don't just stay at shortstop. They play third base, they play second base. I don't care. I'll put them at first base. Right. I, 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 why not have a third baseman play second base? Because it, wouldn't you want as a third baseman to understand um, when you're turning a double play, what where you would want a ball to be thrown to you, right? Right, right. And, of course, yeah. These things are important to, to understand uh, to, for guys to learn how to play. Um, so uh, I, I think being versatile, and again, we can go back to the multi-sport thing. Right. It, it's right. knowing that, OK, even though I this isn't my position, I'm this is not panic mode for me. I'm a baseball player. I'm right. not a I'm not a third baseman. I'm a baseball player first. So if I need to play left field, I can catch a ball, track it down nice and easy, make it look easy and throw a seed to the cutoff, man. That's not difficult. Right. But right. We, we have guys who go the par the parents that say my kid plays third base. You had him in left field. He's never played the outfield before. Really? You're afraid that your kids get, can't catch a fly ball? What are you doing out here? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That's good. Um, well, so let, let's while we're on our way out here, let me ask you one last question. Sure. So what's what's the one piece of advice you'd um, have for the parent listening out there who has a kid? They've got goals. They're, um, you know, wanting wanting big things for their kid down the road. Um, what's one piece of advice you could leave us with? Oh, man, let them fail. Let him fail. Let him let 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 him fail, and, and let him know that it's okay to fail. Um, let him get cut from a team without you, um, you know, firing back at a coach and saying something else and 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 making it pointing fingers at somebody else. Um, let let him go play in the street with his friends, and let him let him let him get picked last when guys are picking up teams, right? Mm -hmm. And let him know what that feeling is like. So, so that he can shape his own way of, of understanding that if this is something that I want to do, then I need to get better because kids don't lie to each other. Kids at that age, they don't lie. They want the best kids on their team to be able to play their pickup game. Right. And don't just use money to solve the issues of athletics. It, 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 it's never going to. It's not like a situation at school where the kid's struggling in science and you can pay the, 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 the head guy from NASA to come out and tutor your son so he can get a B in the class or an A in the class when he's not a good student. You can right. do that in school. You can cheat it. But um, let, let, the, let the young guys fail. Let them feel that like so they can, they can appreciate the, 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 the struggle. You know, they, they, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, what we learn off the field. It doesn't necessarily come from, you know, if I don't get it, my guy doesn't get a Division One scholarship. He's not a failure. He's just a guy that didn't have the, 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 the uh, let's just say at that moment, somebody somewhere didn't say, didn't think that he could play on their team. And right. the, the guy that got the scholarship, because I could tell you right now, I've seen a lot of kids that have Division One scholarships that were outplayed, outperformed, outproduced by kids that weren't D1 scholarship athletes. You know, they weren't committed athletes. Right. So I would just say, um, you know, even though it's very difficult sometimes because we all love our kids and, 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 and we all want to see, we, we, we base our feelings sometimes off of their feelings. You know, if, right. if they had a good day at the field, then we feel good. If they didn't have a bad day at the field, then I feel bad. Right. You no. Know? Right. Yeah, no, that's good advice. That's tough to do. Like you said, as a parent, you know, you want them to do so well and, you know, you want to avoid those uh, tough, tough spots, but um, you know, it's, Baseball is a really good environment for them to be able to fail safely because, you know, you know, it kind of just helps you be resilient and um, yeah, no terrific advice. So, um, well, Jason, thank you so much for being here with us. And uh, I've got a link to 
um, to your US Elite website and to your Instagram account. Guys, check that out if you haven't already. Um, just some really quality information on there and you kind of follow out what they're doing. Um, really, really quality, uh, high level instruction. And uh, Jason, just again, thank you so much for being here. Clint, I appreciate you having me on. You have a beautiful day, okay? All right, thanks a lot. You too.